Welcome to your mandatory wellness session. I'm your host, Anoop. And I'm your other host, Samir. Samir, what is good in the neighborhood? Uh, wh- which neighborhood? Are you referring to your neighborhood or my neighborhood? I suppose your neighborhood. I don't think anything is particularly good. It's okay. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm specifically thinking of the fact that uh, this was, uh, I, I'm going to say last weekend, but it, by the time this comes out, it'll have been a month ago, so... I, you know, I was coming back from the children's hospital. I was, I was on call. I was coming back around like 1.32 a.m. on like a Saturday. I, I live in like a relatively happening area of town. And um, it, uh, the streets around where I live were pretty full of people not wearing masks and going to bars. And I was like, all right. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I can't postulate where COVID numbers will be when this episode finally comes out. However, I'm guessing they're up. Just, <laughs> who can say yeah. really but yeah probably I mean, yeah so the 2020 I, is definitely like a pessimist's year where it's just like i'm betting that something wrong will happen and you'd probably be right it's like it's yeah, exactly it's not it's not a bad bet um right so from that standpoint i mean things i guess could be better in the neighborhood i.e people following basic guidelines but otherwise life is okay uh i think i probably mentioned on the last episode that i'm on research now and so i've been you know trying to do some research um my research will involve some coding and so i've been learning python which has been fun it's fun to kind of get use that part of my brain that i don't get a chance to use that much within medicine normally Um, and so it's very much a a part of me it's nice to kind of flex those muscles again Hmm. yeah pretty good how about you i have been on IR, still on IR, so Price. pretty much busy all the time. <laughs> but outside of that, I've just been enjoying my weekends. The nice thing about IR, we get a lot of weekends, so I've been watching uh, a lot of Great British Bake Off, which, if my numbers are correct, we're getting close to the season finale by the time this episode comes out. But <laughs> we're recording this right after Pastry Week, and it was very interesting. Uh, Samir, I know you don't watch the show. <laughs> However, <laughs> no, 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 but, but I mean, every, I mean, everybody knows about pastry week. Sure, sure, sure. Just, just pastry week is out. a difficult week, but what should be a difficult week was the one that happened. I guess it, it would have been last week now, chocolate week. Yo, Samir, you, you got to see these fucking British fucks can't make a brownie to save their lives. It's embarrassing. It was comically bad. I was like kind of upset. I'm like, this is the first time this show has ever made me upset. Presumably the best amateur British bakers struggling to cobble together a brownie it was bafflingly sad Uh, i know we said we were going to avoid topical topics but i just had to bring up that y'all y'all british motherfuckers need to figure out brownies would you say that the best british baker baking brownies was balefully bad that's that's exactly what i would say i'm not going to repeat it because i will mess it up (laughs) and i don't want you to have to edit that out (laughs) right (laughs) <laughs> but yes, uh, so a lot of great British Bake Off in my free time. We are in the past, so you know Halloween season is upon us. You know what? I'm gonna do a double header on this one because I don't want to do be super topical. So, do you have a favorite Halloween tradition, Samir? Interesting. I mean, I, I guess historically trick or treating, uh, not really a thing. I sure, but you're a grown do man <laughs> anymore. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, that was pretty fun as as a as a child. I, I mean, I think just dressing up, I think, is very... I, I really enjoy that aspect. I think it's really fun when 
obviously not a thing that get, is able to be done very easily anymore, but maybe a, a group of people <laughs> if you're at like a party. Let's yeah. Say. And uh, there are a bunch of people who are all dressed up and it's really fun, especially if people kind of commit to it. Like, I think there, I feel like there was a period of time where it's like you're a little bit like too cool, but I think I'm actually at the point where I'm now past that to where it's like, like, oh, no, it's like, let's commit to it. And it's fun. Exactly. No one would accuse you of being too cool, right? <laughs> no, it's it's literally, it's, I've been accused of many things and that is, that has never been one of them, which is nice. It's, 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 it's nice to have a brand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, you know. So I, yeah, so that, that I really enjoy. I was actually thinking through, I feel like I, you know, I, I, I've done a pretty consistent job over the last uh, decade or so, basically since, um, so since, you know, uh, college and onward. Of having, uh, I think, a, a pretty solid and interesting Halloween costume every year. So I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I am not a costume person, mostly due to uh, lack of funds as a child. And then now, it's like once you don't have that itch, you kind of just don't try all that sure. hard. And now this year, I mean, this year we all should be wearing masks, but it's still, still difficult for people. <laughs> but I love Halloween time because it's the only time where my enjoyment of horror movies is reflected in society whereas oh, normally sure. it's like everybody's just like oh, i don't really like being scared this is the one part of the year where everybody's like yeah let's watch a horror movie and i'm like good i've seen them all i have eight recommendations <laughs> so what what i've been doing is watching some horror movies on zoom with some friends or not zoom we use google hangouts but you know uh we pop on hangouts watch and all sync up a movie and watch it at the same time and it's been pretty fun you, know, you mentioned Zoom. I recently remembered something that was like a very strange thing. And I, I don't know how I forgot about it until just now. But basically, this was probably sometime in January. And I wanted to discuss something with one of like the uh, professors at my institution. Not within the Department of Urology, but it was to do actually with my, with my research project. And uh, she was like, oh, we can have like a meeting over Zoom. And I was like, what the fuck is Zoom? Like, what, what are you talking about? What, what, she's like, oh, it's like this like video conferencing app. And I was like, okay, sure. It's like a weird, like, why not something else? But fine, sure. So she sent me a link to it and I did, it went on it. And I didn't think anything of it. And I've completely forgotten about this entire event until like recently. And I was like, wait, that's crazy. Like in January, I, I, it's, I didn't know what Zoom was to the point that I was like confused as to why anyone would use it. I was like, what, why, why are you choosing this random program? Yeah. And using this as a method of meeting, like a meet, a meeting up or a, you know, a, a meeting. Um, and this is very funny to think to like starting two months later, it became just the entirety of my life. <laughs> right. Now I have <laughs> Zoom. Uh, and Zoom is like one of those words, like Google, it's just people say, oh, I have a Zoom to indicate video conferencing right. in general. Right. Which is interesting because, uh, you know, Skype used to used to be that. And I'm not sure we've discussed on the podcast, but my goodness, did they drop the ball? Yeah, <laughs> Skype has fallen off pretty much in entirety. Nobody who uses Skype anymore. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if it was very if it was being particularly used prior to the pandemic. But um, you'd think the pandemic would have provided a good opportunity for them to get back on the wagon, as it were. Right. Well, but, part of uh, it, I wonder how much. Skype is now owned by Microsoft, and I think Microsoft right. just put all their eggs in Microsoft Teams. Oh, teams, yeah, yeah that, could, that could be the case, right? That's a good point, I think, about that. Yeah, so. yeah. I recently used Teams, gotta say, I was not a huge fan, but to be fair, I also don't know anything about its functionality, so maybe I'm just like... My institution uses Teams for everything. Uh, it's not bad, you know, you keep oh, track okay. of things, the chat feature's pretty good, you can share links pretty easily. It's not bad. I don't use Zoom a ton, I only have one 
regular lecture that uses Zoom. But a lot of video conferencing is done now. So I use mostly Google Hangouts for podcasting purposes, as you might notice. I have. Yeah. I have noticed. <laughs> yeah. And then Microsoft Teams for work. But unrelated to Halloween, the other topical thing to do is this episode will come out maybe a few weeks before Thanksgiving. I'm hoping. We'll see. Or maybe, th- or maybe Thanksgiving week itself. Maybe Thanksgiving week itself. Who standards. Yeah. yeah. What's, what is your Thanksgiving meal comprised of? With my family, a tradition that we've ended up falling into is sort of our default Thanksgiving tradition. So my, my, my dad is an excellent cook, and, and he makes a lot of different things that are amazing. But um, one thing in particular is he makes um, mutton biryani. So biryani is this, um, some people refer to it as like the king of dishes, um, or something similar. And it's very fucking good. Not the people so at Burger King, but other people. <laughs> other people, other people. So it, basically, it is a, it's like a, a rice-based dish that has a lot of different like spices, kind of cooked into it in addition to normally a meat component you can you can make vegetable biryani but classically it is done with a meat and i mean most classically is like a lamb or a mutton biryani um and it is incredible i mean the flavors in that i mean the complexity of flavors is like truly unreal so that um probably one of my favorite foods period and that is a thing we'll often do during thanksgiving my dad also makes a couple other things as well um but that that in particular is like our family's uh, thanksgiving tradition uh, and super good nice nice yeah it's interesting so we always we had weird thing never made turkey that kind of goes without saying i think when you're when you're dealing with brown people i don't know when brown people actually make turkey on thanksgiving yeah i can't no i don't i mean i i will say like if it's like a deli slice kind of thing it's like thinly sliced and it's like that's some other sort of spices that I put in or whatever, like solid, but as a baseline, just like the sort of like the, the slab of turkey kind of situation that Thanksgiving tends to lead to. Oh, I'm okay with it, I guess, but yeah. like in general, I'm not a huge fan. It ends up being a little dry, I feel like. Most people flavor. don't make turkey well. So that is why. Because like you need to prepare it in such a way that the dark meat and white meat both cook to be tender and it's not that easy to do. Uh, certainly not just sticking an entire bird in an oven and like hoping for the best. You're going to end up with parts of it that are very dry. Yeah, which I think is what my, yeah, my experience has been. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's like just a ton of different curries and rice pretty much but one thing we always had randomly we'd always have like a vegetable lasagna at thanksgiving oh, and it would be like uh, same table everything else and then a vegetable lasagna so in a weird way i always associate like italian food with thanksgiving for no other reason than because that happened <laughs> well i mean well, well i mean cause, because of your italian heritage exactly <laughs> exactly <Right. laughs> uh but yeah biryani is one of the best sort of meat and rice dishes out there i think you know as yeah. a class of uh, of dishes yeah no it's um pretty pretty quality um also like very involved to make like that's this is like a most of the day kind of thing uh, if particularly if you include like the cleaning the meat part and then the actual i mean prepper i mean it's it's very long yeah um, yeah i mean cooking but... just takes so much time I've uh, started doing it again, and it's a lot of work. I mean, it tastes better. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm someone, yeah, I very much enjoy cooking, uh, but I, I will say that I don't do it as much as I should because, like, that initial activation energy is always a little much. But then whenever I do, I really enjoy it. I enjoy eating it. I enjoy the actual process of cooking. Like, it's overall very, I feel good about myself for doing it. And the food tastes better most of the time. Yeah. Because, like, there's such a wall of restaurants that we all frequently eat at, or just, like, the hospital cafeteria, where the food is edible, and it's fine. 
but it doesn't really get you anywhere. It doesn't make you feel good, really. Uh, yeah, so I've been happy to avoid that for a while because I've just been cooking again randomly, but uh, it's certainly more work. I've done so many more dishes. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a dishwasher? I do have a dishwasher. That's what I mean by doing dishes. Oh, I'm okay, gotcha. Not, you know, not a bad man. <laughs> yeah. I can't harm my delicate skin more than scrubbing in does already. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fair enough. Do, do you not just use the little scrubby thing? The little, like, uh, hand sanitizer scrub? Avagard, thank you. Oh, yes. We do use Avagard. However, uh, we scrub in for all port placements and all endovascular. Uh, oh, I think we've actually discussed this before. Yeah. You guys like scrub and you scrub again, kind of. Yeah, it's annoying. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of work. Anyway. Who cares though? Who cares? But it's the holiday season, man. Are do you, are you excited for the holidays? You're on research. Do you have like more free time? So during research, we still take call, and so I have. I will be off around Thanksgiving and around the Christmas time, and then I'll be working around New Year's. And I think in a normal setting, I'd be like super excited. And I definitely yeah. am excited. I'm currently planning to go home. Certainly for at least Thanksgiving. I'm trying to rein in potential excitement because, sure. as mentioned uh, moments ago, I'm a bit nervous about what various numbers and statistics will look like sure. by the time these dates roll around and how that may change things. And so I, you know, hopefully able to go home, no problem. It'll be great. Um, I'll Like I did last time I went home, I will get tested beforehand. It'll be good. Wear N95, etc. on the plane. But, you know... That is with the caveat that things are not so insane that the idea of traveling at all is like crazy. So I think it it has to be below a certain threshold, I think, where it'll be like, this is reasonable to do. All, I'm also traveling right before Thanksgiving because I am on call the day after Thanksgiving. So that'll be interesting. I have bought my tickets and I'm planning on going. Same, I, yeah. I'm going to bring an N95, much like yourself, and hope for the best. I don't think it'll be too bad, but yeah, the numbers have been increasing, so that's less than ideal. Yeah, I mean, sort of as predicted, to be fair, everyone talked about the fall-winter wave, and it appears to be... Sure, sure. But the fall-winter wave has very little to do with what people actually theorized, which is that, oh, people will be inside, so they'll be giving each other COVID more. It's like, no, it's the exact opposite. People have just gotten lazy, and that's why we're getting fall-winter wave. I thought the fall-winter wave was going to happen... Due to people just, like, coughing and sneezing more at a baseline because, like, it's the winter and they're, like, they have colds. And then if you're, like, asymptomatically COVID, you're just spreading more. But maybe that was my own weird theory. I don't, I'm not sure. No, no. The thought was that, yeah, more people indoors in contact with each other would mm, increase. Because that's why people get colds. Like, that. that's the whole reason why there's a seasonal aspect to the transmissions of colds. Although there, I think for some of the viruses, there is some evidence that like they don't do as well in like hot and humid weather. True, also. and also your people theorize that like you have a breakdown in your nasal mucosa in right. cold temperatures and stuff like that. I mean, I've certainly gotten less sick since moving away from a cold environment, so not so not too upset about that. But we still get even in you know Southern California, there's still a seasonal wave of increased colds and illnesses so it's not surprising that covid would also increase with the season right yeah it does seem less severe than like people are not getting hospitalized at the same rates but 
that's a small solace. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping that overall the mortality will be decreased because I think we're just better at treating it now compared to, you know, March or April, but I don't know, we'll see. It's uh, something fun awaiting us as always. So pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty what good is stuff. the best way, let's say, to solo celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas? Let's design a solo Thanksgiving here. First step, you're going to need a handle, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) No, I don't know. I mean, that's... I think by default... So, I... I think what's tricky about that is that those holidays, I think, for most people, are so intrinsically wrapped up with the idea of being either with family or at some sort of group, you know, family, like family, family, or just like chosen family in the case of like a friend's giving, let's say, that I think the idea of doing them solo feels very sad sure i i'm not denying that but like there's got to be a version of this holiday that is palatable while you're alone because that's the sure. reality for a lot of people out there right right what is it okay so for first step should it involve doing any kind of zoom or similar video conferencing with friends or family to have some element of that i think that's not a terrible idea so uh, for Halloween, which is lower stakes, I think people generally just don't care about Halloween all that much. But right. I'm doing a Zoom horror movie with friends. Easy. Sure. Done. Yeah. For Thanksgiving, it's tricky. See, the thing about Thanksgiving, you, you said it like, oh, it's a time you spend with your family. But also, culturally speaking, people don't like Thanksgiving because they have to spend it with their family. Well, that certainly is like a meme, right? Yeah. It's like the, particularly like the extended family, the crazy uncle, etc. Right. Like that's like the, the, the that is sort of a is a classic joke about right. going home for Thanksgiving and it's like torture because you have to deal with everyone in your family who you don't normally interact with intentionally. <laughs> but maybe this is an opportunity to actually just spend Thanksgiving with the people who are already in your bubble, and therefore, hopefully, you actually like those people well so in the bubble sure because i think in that case it's going to be like four or five people whatever and it's like a night it's like sort of like it'll end up being like kind of a friendsgiving related which is i think but i think what you're talking about is literally doing it solo right that's true okay so which is which is different knock out all the bubble this is this is for the the resident who is like on call the next day or he they can't do a holiday for whatever sure. reason, right? Or they're a resident who can't go see their family because right. they're a healthcare provider and therefore can't go back yeah, to their family. Right. So because I, I, as a person who's been on call during that time before or on holidays, that one I feel like I mind less because I'm like busy anyway. Right. And the holiday, I guess for me, I know for some people, maybe the specific day has so much intrinsic meaning, but it doesn't necessarily, it's not the intrinsic day. It's really like that specific time and everything associated. And so if I'm busy on call, I don't really mind that much because I'm like, I mean, I mind because I'm on call, but I, I don't mind that I'm missing out on that specifically because I'm like, well, I'm busy and doing stuff. Like I couldn't be with people anyway. Right. I think it's like, you're not on call, but you can't go see your family. Now you're by yourself in like your apartment. Right. So I, I'll tell you what I was planning for Thanksgiving because I am on call the day after Thanksgiving. So I'm not going to be home for Thanksgiving. And uh, I am in a town where I don't know like a ton of people necessarily. So I'm not doing anything on Thanksgiving Day. It's the long uh, and short of it. So I think I am going to buy a pie and hang out at home watching movies and eating pie. 
that's kind of my like made plan right now. I think I'm just gonna pick a series to marathon. Uh, Batman feels very holiday appropriate to me. Dude, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, and just watch that during the day and have a have myself a stay in. But I'm also a person who does not mind being alone like just chilling and watching movies all day sounds like a pretty nice day to me <laughs> yeah i mean and things i'll definitely have days like that right if i'm it's like a weekend and i you know i my friends are busy or you know particularly now people are obviously hanging out a little less and i'll just have a saturday where i kind of just don't do a ton and play video games or watch some tv and that's fine i think because it's it is like a holiday like something like a thanksgiving that makes it feel like oh, i should be doing something more and so i guess if you're trying to replicate something that is sort of a a thanksgiving feel to it i guess my answer would be to maybe maybe challenge yourself a bit to do something like cook and try to make you know make something make kind of like a homemade meal if it's not something you do normally or if it's something you do just just do that and then maybe like a zoom call with friends or family and then try to make that kind of a it's sort of probably a, maybe a poor facsimile, but you know, a facsimile nonetheless of yeah. what it could be. A know. Zoom potluck is an interesting idea where everybody makes their own thing and then you just kind of like chat about what everybody made for that meal. Mm. Gives you something to talk about and you don't, you know, if it fails, who cares? It's a funny story. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's tough though. I think there's it's hard. Yeah. What do you do when you're just like stuck at home all the time? I mean, you and I have talked about just the concept of being single during COVID is already so hard. And then it's like, add on top of that, the holiday season, which is already a time when depression spikes. And you're like, what do you do? What do you, how do you prevent that? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I think that I think that's going to be hard for a lot of people this year. Yeah, I, if I if I had to guess. Yeah, uh, I think it's a, it's an introvert's game, right? If you're a person who like likes staying at home. <laughs> watching movies if you're a person who can like make a cup of tea and read a book and that's like a really good day that's that's what you can do on that day you know if you're a person who needs to go out then yeah i think trying to find something to do on zoom with people zoom board game night make it a thanksgiving zoom board game night is not a bad idea Ah, but enough holiday talk, samir i i've distracted us long enough from the real meat and potatoes of this podcast Mm, nice. <laughs> yes, uh, we're 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 digging into another coping mechanism this week. Or yeah, 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 we are. Um, so this week we're going to talk about splitting. And for those of you who don't know, what that basically involves is the idea that when you're interacting with other people, you will tend to view somebody as sort of like an idealized paragon of virtue versus like evil devil incarnate, more or less, right? And so not really seeing shades of gray. This is classically something associated with like borderline personality disorder. I think it's one of the DSM-5 criteria for that disorder. Um, But it's something uh, that you also see just generally amongst people, even those who don't have BPD. Um, And I think something we see within medicine, both from patients, right? We talk about a lot often like, oh, that patient's like totally splitting between like me and like my co-resident, let's say. But also I think residents with respect to patients, other co-residents, attendings, and then attendings doing it as well with, um, with, you know, um, with, with, with the residents. And so I think our discussion is basically how have you seen that? And then also how does that affect wellness from all those different angles? Right. Yeah. I think the classic example is the patient, right? Where it's like, they try to split the team. They try to favor the resident and ignore the attending and stuff like that. 
it's a very interesting thing when you deal with it clinically speaking right but i think we are very guilty of it ourselves right people split all the time particularly i think residents to attendings like residents tend to split their attendings up into categories and like stop treating them like people sometimes where it's like oh well that person's intimidating so i'm going to avoid them and it's like are they really or did you just decide that that was the case and like now you're avoiding that person or that person's really hard like i mean it's not uncommon that people are difficult to work with but sometimes it's just that you've given them the i the reputation of being difficult to work with and Therefore, everything they do will be difficult to work with. Right. Well, I think it's the classic, right? You, and maybe this isn't a, a precise definition of splitting, but in the idea that you interpret others' actions based on your previous view of them, right? So like the same action can be viewed as like, oh, that's just them kind of like being a bit of a troll. And like, that's just like their personality. Like they're, you know, they, they kind of give you shit versus like, oh my God, that attending is such a dick, right? Depending on if you like the attending or not, like literally the same thing can be viewed as them just like busting, you know, busting your chops versus actively being like malignant or mean. Yes, I have seen that where I've seen an interaction and then somebody comes up to complain about that interaction to me. And I'm like, I didn't I didn't think it was like that. Right. Like, right. Uh, I, I thought it was a fine comment. And then but they found it to be very offensive. And I was like, oh, OK, uh, well, I don't, right. I don't know what to do. Well, yeah, which is tricky, right? Because if like you feel that way, I think, I mean, I don't want to say like your feelings are invalid, yes. but it is, it, it can be strange whether it's like, are you, yeah, like you're, you're interpreting it in, in, a, in a context, in a broader right. context. Right? It's always. like your feelings are valid, but have you considered that they're wrong? <laughs> 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 or moreover, Empathy. have I considered that I'm wrong and that maybe right. that person is being a right. dick when they do those yeah, things? Yeah, no, right, exactly. So I, I think I've had this happen where... I've talked with another resident about like a senior resident or a fellow or an attending. And I'm like, oh yeah, they were great. Like I had a great time when I was on that rotation. They were like, what are you talking? No, they were not great. They're awful. And they're like, how could, I mean, like I was like, both of us are reasonable people. Like neither of us is like an idiot or like, like, like has like weird views on stuff. So like we're both, what we're saying is probably valid, but how is this possible? Like I don't, so something clearly is very different in the way they've been interacting with us. And that in and of itself is very strange. Uh, it's like very weird because it makes you question your own opinion of that person. You're like, am I, are they kind of a dick? Or like, I don't know, it, it's very strange. It causes you to really try to like re-legislate your own feelings on things like after the fact, which is a bit strange to do. It's yeah. difficult because you're like, uh, uh, you reinterpret situations. But I don't know, if you never felt bad about something, should you go back and reinterpret it as having been bad? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I mean, right. But then on the flip side, maybe there are some things you kind of just like glossed over, but then to other people in the environment, they were bad, right? Like things we've discussed before, attendings making, let's say, off-color jokes, things that maybe, you know, you're like, yeah, but that, I mean, that that's like, that's one of like the good guys. That's fine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to put too fine a point in it, but like, right, like you can, you can justify things if you like the person and, you, and you're like, oh, well, they don't mean any harm by it. It, it can still be harmful. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah. And so I think the way that it affects residents is when you get split by an attending, which right. is is very difficult. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> that's yeah. Really... Uh, yeah. And, and I've seen it happen. I've had it happen uh, 
Luckily, in this particular scenario, I was the resident that was split into the good category. Well, that's because uh, you're intrinsically a paragon of virtue. I am. A, yes, that is true. I was. But I, I was given that by the gods. Uh, I, well, I, yeah. Talisman, I mean, it glows faintly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's kind of, that's a whole thing. Otherwise, it doesn't affect my clinical skills. Sure, sure. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, well, they had two talismans to give you. Either one was the paragon of virtue talisman, or the other one was like impeccable clinical acumen. You're like... Yeah, virtue? Yeah. <laughs> in retrospect, should have taken the clinical talisman. Yeah, you should have. I mean, yeah. But, but the problem is, they asked you as a first-year med student. So, you, I mean, you didn't really know. You're like, oh, well, being virtuous is really important to being a great physician. No. You know? Turns Classic. out, I, I haven't used this thing once. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. Oh, sorry. I do use it to keep notes from falling off my desk, but... <laughs> That's really oh wow. the idea of using a god talisman as a paperweight. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> All that being said, that yes, in that situation, <clears throat> I, I won't deny that the other resident maybe had like flaws, but they were getting dunked on every single day. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yes, for like things they just. I mean, they they maybe did, didn't do a great job, but like right, you but really clearly need to that back. reaction is insane. Yeah, it's totally insane. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, hundred percent. Oh, well, it's such a difficult situation too, because a lot of times these people are very convinced that they are right about something. So when somebody becomes very convinced about like, oh, this person is terrible, and they like come to you about it. When they are in a position of power, it's difficult. Where it's like an attending will be like, well, what, you know, what do you think about him? And I'm like, I, this is weird. Like, I'm not giving like a peer-to-peer evaluation here. Yeah, that's uh, true. It's no, very no strange. No one wants that. Yeah. Well, see, I, I, I feel like that's unprofessional, though. Yeah. On the part of the... I, I feel like you should not... not well, yeah. okay. <laughs> I, it's happened only once with an attending, but it has happened with senior residents. Where yeah. it's like the, the relationship's much more... Um, like equalish, yeah, right? exactly. Well, so I, I guess it's tricky, right? On one hand, I think there's definitely it's, that's, that's a bit unprofessional because you're sort of putting that person's peer in kind of a bad spot, right? On the flip side, I guess it you could view it as trying to be like trying to give that person a chance. I guess you're doing it from a, if you're doing it from a perspective of really coming at it genuinely, you're saying like, oh, so someone who's interacted with them a lot, maybe they'll be able to kind of give you some insight into this person or something. I'm trying, I'm trying to be favorable, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I I hadn't seen it like that, but that's good. So that's, that's a nice way to look at the world, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's, it's all about context, right? If it's like they're coming to you, being like, "Oh my god, your co-resident's an idiot," versus like, "Hey, like you've been with them on a couple of rotations, like thoughts, like," and then you're like, "Oh yeah, like they're really good, but it just takes them like a week to kind of adjust to a new service, but they're like super good, you know." Yeah, and, and then the person's like, "Oh, okay, that's reasonable." Fine. But see, what's hard is when it's like, "Well, they are an idiot, but not as much of an idiot as you think they are." <laughs> uh, for the listener, I, Samir almost spit out water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she got me right as I was drinking water. <laughs> it's like you're not wrong, but you're you're being kind of a dick about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. That's tough. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, right. So I, I think that is really difficult as, as a resident. And I think, yeah, I think agreed on the flip side. Yeah. When when you as a resident 
are seeing an attending resident interaction where you feel like the person is the attending is really is being unfair to the resident, it, it puts you in a very uncomfortable, weird spot. Now, of course, for that resident themselves, it's obviously terrible. I mean, they're just getting like shut out for no reason or, or really kind of an, for as an exaggerated reaction to any, you know, slight slip up. Right. Because I think fundamentally, and this is something that was mentioned in a book that I mentioned before on this podcast, Forgive and Remember, basically this, this guy who uh, he's a sociologist who basically ended up uh, working with and shadowing surgical residents for like, the better part of like a year, year and a half. And one thing he talks about is the fact that attendings on that service, when things are kind of going poorly or they feel like things are a little shoddy, like things are being missed, they find more things that are wrong. And when things are going well, they find fewer things that are wrong. But the things they are finding in both cases are like not that big of a deal. Right. It's They're actively seeking out flaws. Right. So it's like, oh, like... You didn't put a diet order in for this patient until 10 a.m. because you got pulled into a case. And then that's reasonable. That happens. Like, no big deal. Like, the patient didn't eat for a couple hours. Like, sucks. We don't want that to happen. But, like, no harm, no foul, really. But if you're already kind of pissed at that team or at that resident, you're like, oh, this is more sloppy work. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, put the orders in immediately during, like, you know, like, like, because I guess it could have been done, right? It just wasn't. And it's not that big of a deal. But, like, it's easy to point to it because there's, there are always minor slip ups constantly. Right, just by definition, because there's so many moving parts in the hospital all the time, mm-hmm. and most of them, I think, don't really matter. Right, but you can find them; they're always there. Right, and so I think that is the. And I hadn't necessarily conceptualized that that way, but when I read that, I was like, "Oh, yeah, totally is true." Right, when things are like not going well, you can always find more things that are bad. Right, right, and moreover, if in your perception somebody is doing a bad job, you are more closely scrutinizing everything they do, and therefore will find all of the little things that they do. Yeah, exactly. It's just like the, I mean, weaker med students get more feedback, right? Because they now I'm reading every single one of their notes, so now I'm going to critique everything they do. Like a truly bad student in, in resident or med student uh, is one who doesn't improve with multiple like feedback sessions, right? But initially, it's going to manifest as like, yeah, I'm going to look at everything you do and give you feedback on it, which can be kind of difficult when you're like that student and you're like, but other people are making this mistake. You just only noticed because I you feel the need to like scrutinize everything I do. Yeah. So I guess taking that all into account, right, taking into account both the way and we'll, we'll leave out for the moment the way patients split, because I think that is a bit more of a complicated discussion. I don't think totally related to this discussion exactly. Yeah. I, I think it is related in the, insofar as I think as a team member, like being aware of that and, you know, understanding that what if for whatever reason this resident is not going to be able to do as good of a job with this patient's care because the patient's like not allowing them to. Sure. Like, I, I think being aware of those kind of things, particularly as a senior resident is important, right? Like, if, a, if this patient needs to go for surgery and like, you know, for whatever reason they're, they they don't like one of the re- interns on your team, like maybe they don't, sh- maybe they shouldn't get consented by that person because like, don't like, don't like, don't like uh, poke the bear. Right. Right. So that's like a good general awareness thing. Better for the patient in the end, probably yeah. better for the intern. Certainly. Yeah. Right. But I think that's more reacting to things. Right. That you can't really control. I guess when you're looking at things like from the resident standpoint or the attending standpoint and those people are the ones doing the splitting. What are things that can be done to 
reduce that from happening. It'll happen to an extent, I think, because that's the way people are in general. We tend to we tend to bin things. We tend to pattern recognize. But how how to kind of short circuit that and stop it from happening and taking it to its you know logical conclusion of I'm yeah. totally split on these two people. I'll say one of my answers is definitely. It's kind of a gross answer because it's very social engineering, like paying attention to what people care about mm. and just finding the thing that that attending or senior resident is really like that's their linchpin because everybody has a thing like they have maybe not a thing, maybe like five things, but they have like trigger maybe points. 44 things. Who can no, say? that's that nobody <laughs> has 44 things. Well, one man did have 44 things. Uh, he unfortunately he did pass uh, due to sort of the burden of having that many things. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a, a rare type of moya moya where you have too many things and your coronary arteries explode. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the thi- what that is to say that people have things that they're very passionate about or that they care a lot about, and if you just like engage with them on that level, they start to just assume that you are like them otherwise even if there's no basis for that but that's like it's kind of just schmoozing it's kind of just playing the game where you're like oh well such and such attending really cares about this pathology so if i feign a lot of excitement about that and learn a few extra facts about that they're probably going to just assume that i know other things like right no no no. that that is totally true actually yeah right right and that can rub people the wrong way and if you are a prideful individual, that could be very difficult for you because you should be like, I, I know people who are like, well, my work should stand for itself. I'm like, well, your work doesn't mean anything to most people. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's like, but we live in a society. Yes, so... <laughs> we live in a society and all of these people are people. And unlike me, they're not paragons of virtue. <laughs> right. So... Which I... Well, so how has that been for you as a paragon of virtue dealing with people who are not paragons of virtue? It's hard, I got to say. Because... Um, <laughs> As you know, they say, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. So I am frequently called upon to cast the first stone. <laughs> and it's a lot of work. Uh, well, I'm, well, getting, is, I'm getting like teleselmo. <laughs> what's also tricky is I, among the talismans you were offered, you were also offered the athleticism talisman, which I don't believe you had gotten. <laughs> no. So your no. stone casting could certainly use some work as a yes. second point. <laughs> well, the thing is I have to get very close to people. <laughs> before i can cast a stone at them right, and at okay. that point i might as well just hand them the stone i've already gotten <laughs> right. so close. That makes sense yeah 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 and i've been told that i shouldn't give my feedback in the form of stones sure sure yeah. that's also reasonable i guess yeah it's just you know compliment sandwich right you know you tell them right. you tell them they're doing something good you hurl a stone at them. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like... perfect perfect yeah um no, but it is, it is, um, it's difficult to compensate for the fact that other people in the hospital are not always operating. At, they're not always giving you the benefit of the doubt. In fact, you get to see like attendings give better treatment to patients, other support staff, ancillary physicians, like, uh, physician extenders, all these people, but they shit on their residents because that's the role that you fulfill in their life. Like that's. That they have come to the conclusion that you are a person who should be shit upon. <laughs> that they've switched you off into... Like, the splitting exists at the level of, like, you are a trainee, therefore, this is your lot in life. Yeah, I think that one... I don't think that one you can necessarily... No. Like, yeah, you can't really do anything about that. From, a, from like, a culture standpoint. Yeah. 
From the attending standpoint, I agree with you, uh, even though, uh, to your point, it does feel a little, you know, feel, yeah, it feels a little gamey, you know, yeah. you're trying to like, but, uh, but if it, you know, if it works, that's kind of what you have to do in order to survive. That sounds a little dramatic, but, you know, do it. From the resident standpoint, what are things that we can do to, one, I guess, support our co-residents when you feel like they are kind of being unfairly treated by an attending and you feel like it is sort of a splitting situation. And two, avoid splitting ourselves, like splitting all their residents or med students or attendings, what have you. Or patients. Here, here's the other thing. I see this all the time. The phrase splitting is used as a way to not acknowledge that maybe you fucked up with a patient. That's also true, actually. Yeah. That's a very good point. A lot of people are like, oh, they're splitting. I'm like, no, maybe you were just an asshole. <laughs> like, maybe you just did the wrong thing. And that's fine. But we have to acknowledge when we're not doing a good job, as opposed to just assuming that this patient is crazy. Because I've literally had patients where, like, people told me, all oh, like, oh, he's very, he's bad. He's not, he's, he's very difficult to work with. And then you go in there and you spend some time with them and, like, you interpret the things that they're doing as bad. And for whatever reason, like, I'll tell you, this happened very recently. They told me this patient was very difficult, and he was. He's like, like, the sedation didn't work. He was in pain the whole time. He was squirming the whole time, all this stuff. And then uh, he gave me a fist bump at the end of it all. And I was like, or maybe he's just trying the best he can. And, like, this is a lot for him. And maybe this is, like... Yeah, maybe he was in pain the whole time. Maybe none of the lidocaine worked. Maybe the drugs don't work all that well on him, and he was just very uncomfortable. And he's a guy with, like, multiple... This is a guy with multiple drains in, and it's just a hard situation for him. And maybe we should all not be giving this guy so much fucking flack for, like, being difficult to deal with, right? I'll also say as well, I think, important to mention that I think... It it, it is important to be aware of a racial component to this as well. Which is that I think patients of color tend to get viewed as difficult mm-hmm. more easily when they're advocating for themselves or family members. Right. And so I think that is also important to be aware of. Because I've seen that happen. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that happen before. I, it, I've seen it happen as well where it's like the same behavior as like, oh, this person's an advocate versus this person is difficult. And I think that's a lot of that is because people don't adequately explain things to these patients in a way that they understand and are able to grasp. And then they get mad that the patient is confused and like angry about stuff. And it's like, no, you just didn't do a good job. Like we as physicians, we spend so much time talking about things in such a clinical way, getting back to last week's topic of intellectualization. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time like building up this vernacular and it's like, that just doesn't work with people. You need to break it down and say things in layman's terms and you can't get mad at somebody because they are aggravated and not understanding the thing that you are saying. <laughs> like this person's having probably the worst day in their life. You're you're not part of anybody's good day. <laughs> right. Or or even more so, people who are just been, for example, in the hospital for a while had a very difficult course, like Sometimes they're just not going to be like thrilled about the fact that you're basically like, oh, we're going to send you down to like, I already had another drain put in. And then we're going to talk to another set of doctors to change your antibiotics and all this stuff. And they're like, God damn it. Like I've been here for 20 days already. Yeah. Like, and, and to us, I were like, oh man, someone's been in the hospital for 20 days. They've been in my census for 20 days. 20 days is like so, it's so long. <laughs> it's such so long. a long time to be in the hospital. And I've had people who have been in the hospital for like 40, 50 days. 
Yeah. And that's just, it's, it's, cr- it's really a crazy amount of time. And I think as physicians, I think sometimes you actually lose sight of how long that is because you're viewing things through a lens of like, oh, well, they have to like see them and round on them because it's like, they're not leaving, right? I, I, I think a very well taken point that a really important when you're using things like terms like splitting that you're appropriate, like you're appropriately using that term and you're kind of accurately assessing the situation. Yeah. I, yeah. I and I'll tell you, I mean, it's the thing that I've done. I, I, when I was on my pediatrics rotation, we had, um, some parents that were very difficult and all yeah, the nurses the classic, were yeah. calling them, uh, they use the term piece of work. And I was like, oh, you know, like, I just thought of it as like a funny way to describe, oh, they're a real piece of work. Right. And I said it to somebody else and they were like, you know, you really shouldn't say that. Like this person, they kind of called me out on it. And I was like, that's fair. I mean, I don't know these people's lives. I don't know much about them beyond the fact that their kid is in the, in the PICU and they're probably having a really hard time. Like I might be a piece of work in that situation as well. <laughs> And I, I probably shouldn't be judging them for their behaviors in this very specific situation that they're existing in, right? So I think about that a lot. And, you know, I, I think the moral standard of what we do should be to give our patients the benefit of the doubt when they're behaving in a certain way, right? That where we feel as though they're obstructing our work, which is fair, they may be. I mean, their aggravation is getting in the way of me doing my job. No doubt about it. But if you consider the fact that your job is to be god this sounds so stupid and hippie but like to be their ship shepherd through this whole event then that is also part of your job to deal sure. with their aggravation uh and i know that's not necessarily what we all signed up for certainly as a person in a, a sort of uh, both of us being in more technically oriented specialties it's very easy to be like well you know i, sh- I should be like doing a case right now and i'm dealing with you having a bad day but no fundamentally our job this is just as important as the part where we get to right with all right. our tools you know yeah so th- that's for the patient aspect and if you can have that level of grace for your patients to take it over to the resident and attending aspect you should have that level of grace for your peers if somebody's doing poorly try not to just make that a character trait and try to take a little time to diagnose why they might not be doing well or why a resident might rub you the wrong way like it could just be a personality difference it doesn't necessarily mean that they are like qualitatively bad yeah i've actually i've I've had a specific experience in residency where you know for whatever reason with another resident it just overall just not a good vibe like it was fine it wasn't like horrible but just not a great vibe and i think what it just came down to is amongst other things we just had very different personalities um and i was talking to somebody else like a, it was a it was a co-resident they're like oh yeah, obviously you guys would not <laughs> work well together and i was like oh okay well all right <laughs> but like you know they, they they kind of knew that would be the case just from knowing us and so i think it um yeah i i i, I agree with you I, I think that is valuable to do to try to do and it's hard to do um, I think what's difficult as well, right, is you, it, it's difficult to ascertain exactly what that person's intentions are in doing various things, right? And so it's easy to attribute them missing something to be like, oh, well, they didn't like try, they don't care enough. Um, but yeah, to your point, giving each other the benefit of the doubt is probably one of the better things we can do for wellness amongst ourselves in general. Yeah. Yeah. And and it goes in all directions, right? If it's your co-resident, if it's your senior resident, if it's your attending, just take a moment to assess why they might be behaving in a certain way. 
why and the answer might be that hey they're splitting they've decided that you're a terrible person in turn but more often than not it's that's usually not the case usually there's something else going on there uh and taking a little time to imagine things from another person's perspective can really help to keep you from splitting yourself at the end of the day if somebody splits you i mean that's that's a hard situation to deal with yeah i don't don't know i mean i guess yeah you um talk about it with your co-residents you maybe talk about it with leadership if it's getting to the point where it's really causing problems for you right if you're concerned that attending's view of you is going to affect your ability to like advance or to progress or anything like that an important discussions to have right like you know you want to get ahead of things if you really feel like it's gonna be concerning at the end of the day like beyond like the oh day to day like if you really feel like something's gonna matter and cause an issue for you long term you should address it whoever that person is um in a, in a in a position to advocate for you but but i agree i think oftentimes for attendings residents other people within the hospital doing our best to try to recognize other someone else's point of view may may help with these things even though it's difficult well guys uh that's the episode love it or hate it that's what you get that's that's it it's over we're done do you think our listeners have a split on us sorry our listener <laughs> our listener i don't know they get an email us we'll read it in several weeks yeah god yeah you guys could can, can use the email it's 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 available it's true and uh for, for for that one person who did email us, uh, sorry, we thought it was forwarding to another email. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't. It still isn't. But now it is. I'll, I'll guarantee it. Now it is. It is so, yeah, we'll, so We'll definitely see it. We um, respond to emails now. Um, yeah. The one email sure. we got, we respond to. The one email, to. We'll, 100%. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at MWS Podcast or on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash MWSPodcastFB. Uh, we are on iTunes and can be on many other podcasting apps as well. You can email us at mandatorywellnesssession at gmail.com. And as always, our theme song is Nothing Slash Anything by Westy Reflector. See you guys next week. See ya.